I'm so glad you're here today. We are, we're continuing um, our series we've just called Whisper. We've been talking about um, hearing God's voice. So I want to encourage you, if you have something to write with, um, grab that. If you have a, you know, an app on your phone you use or whatever, grab that. Uh, because I, I want to give you some thoughts today that, are, that I think are really going to help you in this whole journey. There was a guy who was traveling and had a layover in an airport. And um, as he was cutting through to his next flight, he decided to duck in the bathroom. And so he, he jumped in the bathroom, and then he went and found a, a stall that was empty. And so he went into the stall and, you know, shut the door. And uh, just as he got settled there, he, he heard a voice from the next stall over say, How are you? He said, uh, doing just fine. You know, thinking maybe that'll, maybe that'll end it. About a minute later. So what are you up to? <laughs> just catching a flight, you know, traveling. Thinking maybe, maybe this person will leave me alone. Then, then, he, heard, then he heard another question right after. Hey, can I come over? Uh, no, I'm a little busy right now. And, and then immediately after that, he, he heard this. He said, hey, listen, I'll have to call you back. There's this idiot in the next stall that thinks I'm talking to him. <laughs> you, you ever have one of those moments where you look over uh, the distance and somebody's waving and, you know, you, you wave back and they go, no. Oh, oh, oh them, yeah. Huh? Are, are you ever have somebody you think was talking to you and, you know, you, you, you answer and then they go, oh, no, I'm sorry, I wasn't talking to you. And, and, you know, there's another layer you have to take to make sure that somebody's waving. You have to sort of turn around. Or I, I, I wish that we as Christians had that other layer when it came to hearing God's voice. Because this is one of the fears I think we have with God what if I think God is whispering something to my heart and it's not him? What if it's just the mood I'm in or the pressure I'm under or something that I really want to happen and I mistake that for him? Well, you're definitely not alone. Uh, in this series, the first message, if you haven't caught it, um, we talked about, I, was, I spent the whole message trying to build your faith that God is already talking to you. And then last week, um, we talked about how to, how to value God's voice. And today, what I want to do is just give you some practical filters you can use to know when God's talking to you or not. So in uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, the Bible says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. Listen to this. He said to the woman, Did God really say? Now just stop there. One of Satan's oldest tricks is to make us question God's voice. Did God really say, or did you make this up? Is it him or is it you? Most of us have had some kind of inner impression or coincidence in our life, and we've wondered, is that God trying to guide me or direct me or talk to me? And one of our heroes in the Bible definitely felt this way, Judges 
chapter 6, verse 17, Gideon replied, listen to this, we don't have time to tell the whole story, but if you want to read an incredible story, read Judges 6 and 7, those two chapters. Gideon replied, if now I have found favor in your eyes, he's actually talking to an angel, <laughs> give me a sign. Hello, it's an angel. <laughs> Forget that. Give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. You ever felt that way? Come on, Jesus. <laughs> Help me. Is it, I'm so comforted that there's somebody that was such a hero of faith like Gideon who had the same doubts that I do sometimes. God, is this, did I make this up? Is this, you, is this, what, is this something you want me to do? Is this impression that I'm feeling? Gideon asked God, listen to this, for three different signs based on one instruction. So, so, so the angel says, do this, and Gideon says, are, are, are you sure? If it's really you, show me this sign. If it's really you, show me this sign. If it's really, really, really you, show me this sign. And here's what I want you to know that's so interesting. Like that never made God angry. God never lashed out. God never condemned him. God never even corrected him. God just said, okay. And God was patient with Gideon. And I just want you to know, it's okay to slow down and look for confirmation that God is really impressing or guiding you. God's not, God's not angered by that. He's not frustrated by that. He, he's not like, come on, let's get on with it. That's not, God's not impatient with you. He's totally okay with you slowing down and trying to accurately discern, is this what God's, is this a relationship with God? Is this what it looks and sounds and feels like or not? 1 Thessalonians 5, 20 and 21 says, do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. How many prophecies are we supposed to test? All of them. All of them. So how do we do that? You have to run it through filters. It's like, it's like uh, if you've ever uh, heard of the story when people would pan for gold, they take the pan down in the water and they pull up all this junk, and most of it's junk, but as they filter it out, there's a little bit of gold left. And that's what discerning God's voice is like. You use filters to get rid of all the dirt and the rock and the soot and the pebbles, and what you have left is pure gold. And you want to run these things through these filters because you don't want to build your life on dirt. You don't want to build your life on what you think God might be saying. You don't want to build your life on what you think might be true or what you might have heard, but you're not really sure. You want to build your life on what you know God is saying. You want to run it through filters to separate the gold from the dirt. Because God's voice is gold. One word from God can change everything. You just want to make sure you got the right one. So how do you do that? Here, if you have something to write with, number one, here's the first filter. Does the Bible agree with it? God's voice will never contradict God's word. Let me say it a different way. What God is saying to you will never contradict what God has written to you. God's not confused. He's not a politician. He doesn't waffle. He doesn't flip-flop. He says the same thing over and over. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ, you know it, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, people say the craziest thing sometimes that God told them. God told me to divorce my spouse because he wants me to be happy. 
Does the Bible agree with that? God told me not to serve right now because I'm so busy. What would be the alternative? Just live for yourself? God told me it's okay to do this sin for a while because in the end he's going to forgive me anyway. God told me I don't know to, need to go to church anymore because now I know how to hear his voice. I, I, I one time had a lady who had a difficult marriage and she came to Stacy and I for counsel uh, and she was having an affair and, and I didn't know, I didn't know what she wanted to talk about, but as, as the story unfolded, it became very clear what she was looking for is for us to confirm that her affair was okay with God because her marriage was tough. Because apparently God had given her permission for this. God told me, listen, he's disappointed and mad at me. God told me I've lost my destiny. God told me I'll never experience breakthrough. God told me he wants me to do a lot of good things now to make up for all the bad things that I've done. That's not God's voice. Because it doesn't agree with God's voice written down in his word. And God will never say anything to you that will contradict what he's written to you. So sometimes people try to say, you know, uh, God gave me a scripture. Right? The, the, the religious people, not you, other people. They'll say, God gave me a scripture. And you hear it and you say, God didn't give you that scripture, Satan gave you that scripture. And you may say, whoa, 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 wait, Satan give you a scripture? Satan will absolutely give you a scripture. He will help you find a scripture to validate what you want to do if you're open to that. Uh, let me give you proof. Matthew chapter 4, verse 6, when Satan came to tempt Jesus. Now, I can't imagine how dumb that would be to try to give the word to the word. Go figure. If you are the son of God, Satan says, throw yourself down, for it is written, because I know you don't know the Bible. He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Satan gave Jesus a scripture to facilitate Satan's own will. And I'm telling you, just because you can find a verse in the Bible that you think says something similar to how you feel doesn't mean it's true. You can absolutely finance your own way into destruction quoting scripture. Misusing it. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Let me just break that down for you for a minute. I'll put it on the screen so you can see it. Teaching what is right. Rebuking is what is not right. Correcting is how to make it right. And training is how to stay right. That's what God's word will do for you. If you're really reading it. <laughs> the more you know God's general voice, the more you'll be able to understand his specific voice. Acts 17, 11 says, Now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica. For they received, listen to this, they received the message with great eagerness. They were eager to hear the word. And examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. Time out. Paul? Really? 
The guy who wrote a third of the New Testament who was in chains in prison? Are you kidding me, Paul? I feel like, I feel like we'd be pretty safe. But what does the Bible say? They were of more noble character because they checked the Bible against what they were hearing and feeling and the impressions and the teaching to see if it was right. Because they don't want to build their life on dirt, they want to build it on gold. The Bible's God's voice in your life run everything through that filter. So, does it agree with the Bible? Number two, does godly counsel agree with it? All right, you believe God's speaking to you, the best of your knowledge, it agrees with the Bible, now bring it to godly counsel. Let me give you a definition of godly counsel, okay? Let me give you a quick definition of godly counsel. People who know God, people who know God's word, and people who know you. You take any one of those out, and that's not godly counsel. They know God, they know God's word, and they know you. If they know God and God's word, and they don't know you, they're going to have a hard time applying godly counsel to you. But they know all of those. Now, the, maybe a better question would be, rather than is it godly counsel, is, is it foolish counsel? Uh, Rehoboam was the fourth king of Israel. His father was the king before him. And when he took over as king, he said to his father's counselor, you know, day one, they open the Oval Office, Rehoboam goes and sits down. They had the Pledge of Allegiance and all that. And he sits down and says, now what's your first act as king? Here's what he said. He said, I want to hear from my father's counselors. What would my father's counselors, after all their years of wisdom and serving them, what would they tell me to do in my first day as king? Here's what they said. If you serve the people, they will be your servants forever. That is gold. That is leadership gold. That is as good and as wise and as godly as leadership can ever be taught. If you will serve the people, they will serve you forever. But the Bible says that Rehoboam then went and sought counsel from his friends. And here's what his friends said. You tell the people, if they thought your dad ruled with a heavy hand, your little finger is heavier than his whole hand. It's foolish. It's foolishness. And let me tell you what it produced. You ever read in the Old Testament about the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom? This is where it started. When Rehoboam became king, Israel was one nation. In Rehoboam's reign, the nation splits in half because he received the foolish counsel of his friends and rejected the counsel of his father's counselors, and the nation divided God's people came to a point of absolute division and I want to tell you God's people are always split when foolish counsel is taken. Great damage is done when we don't want to submit to godly counsel. When you say God told me that is the ultimate immature trump card. Let me say that again. When you say God told me that's the ultimate immature trump card if you have to walk around all the time telling everybody well God told me this and God told me that you're not open to counsel because God done told you nobody else can tell you anything God's done told you and if your conversations ever go kind of like this I feel really strongly that I should do this and some godly 
a wise person in your life says, well, I'm not totally sure about that, and your answer is, well, God told me. It's, I mean, God done told me, it's over. Well, then the conversation's done. You've played the trump card. No other feedback is needed. You've put yourself above questioning because you've done claim that God told you. And it's a dangerous place for you to say, you hear God's voice, but I'm not open to godly counsel. Wisdom would say, I think God is leading me this way. Would you pray with me about that? Would you help confirm this? Because I believe in your relationship with God, I believe in your understanding of the Bible, and I believe in your knowledge of who I am. And so would you, would you pray with me about this? I, I, does this sound right to you? And all the time we hear things, God told me to marry this person, or God told me to change schools, or God told me to quit my job. Really, does that agree with godly counsel? Or, or did you just conclude that by yourself? Proverbs eleven fourteen says, For lack of guidance, a nation falls. But victory is won through many advisors. Proverbs 12, 15, The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. Let me tell you who doesn't listen to advice. The foolish. When God is leading, you submit it to godly counsel. Don't ask your roommate. Don't ask your college drinking buddy. Don't ask the mom at the drop-off line at the school or the little league football field. And definitely don't ask Facebook. In Jesus' name, don't ask Facebook. <laughs> you know, I, I think God wants me to divorce my husband. What do you think? And boy, they'll ch oh, in seconds, you go, girl. Yeah, you go. Boy, I, I hope God will tell me to divorce my husband. Yeah, you go. And they'll just chime in. People on Facebook tell you what you want to hear. If God... If God is able to say it to you, don't you think then God is able to say it to the godly counsel he's put in your life also? Every time you hear yourself saying or resisting, I don't need godly counsel on this, go ahead and mark it down. It's probably because there's something on the inside of you that already knows it's not God's voice and you don't want to hear it. That's probably where the pushback's coming from. You need to build godly relationships in your life before you need them. That's why, that, look, if you're the average American, you are living on an island and you don't have one godly counselor in your life. That's the average American lifestyle. And that's why we always say at Kingwood, life is better together. And we encourage you. Find a life group. Here's some life groups. Get in a life group. Build relations. Why? Because that's where you're going to find godly counsel. You're going to say, when I need it, I'll just come talk to you. I might not know you well enough. I can't know everybody well enough to give godly counsel to everybody because godly counsel comes from knowing God, knowing the Word, knowing you. You need somebody that knows you. And let me tell you, everybody in your life group is not. There's some foolish counsel floating around in those life groups. But there's also some godly counsel. And if you'll sift it, there's gold in every one of those life groups. But you've got to build the godly relationships in your life and find it. So, does the Bible agree with it? Does godly counsel agree with it? Number three, does it agree with who God made you to be? So, look, years ago, uh, we were having a church service here. I wasn't here. It was before my time. But, but the story's legendary at this point. 
And um, the service was coming to a close, and uh, Pastor Ron, who was pastoring at the time, called for the worship pastor to come to the uh, platform to play the, play the piano. And, and, and he, for some reason, he was uh, misplaced. He wasn't around at the time. And so this, this young guy in the service that night got this idea. I think what God wants me to do is I think he wants me to go to the piano, and when I go up there to the piano and play in front of everybody, God's going to, I don't know how to play the piano, but God's going give to give me the gift. So he calls for the, come to the instrument. Nobody's coming. Calls to the instrument. That's confirmation. And so he comes to the instrument. And as he's saying, now tonight, you know, if you need prayer, whatever. Here it is. Here it comes, baby. Here it comes. God's about to hit me with a lightning bolt of music, musicianship. And he lays those little nubby fingers on the keys. And it goes, kank, 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 kank. And he goes, he goes, okay, I wasn't ready. Let me try it again. Let me back up and hit it again. You know, when, when, when all those fails, hit it harder, right? He goes, hey, it's okay. We'll do it without music. It's all right. It's all right. We don't need it. Now, before we laugh too hard at that guy, first I wish we all had his heart. I wish we all had his heart that would say, God, if you want me to do it, I, I'll, I'll do it. I don't care what it takes, I'll do it. But look, if, if you want to know if God is speaking to you about doing something, ask the question, does it agree with who God made you to be? So, so let's ask a, a few deeper questions. Have you ever played the piano before? No. Okay, well, then the God didn't make you to be that yet. Number two, have you ever had any training? No, okay, well, all right, that's, a, that's another good sign. Have you ever exhibited any musical talent in your life? No, okay, okay, okay. You tracking with me? Okay, so, so probably then we can conclude. God usually doesn't ask you to do something that is totally foreign to your strengths, gifts, training, and experience. My example for that would be King David who grew up shepherding sheep and ended up shepherding a nation. Right? That, that was consistent with who God had made him to be. Moses, it wasn't his speaking ability. Moses never became a great, a great orator, but he became a phenomenal leader. Who would God want to lead one million people other than a guy who doesn't speak well and is marked with deep humility? So it was consistent. Joseph became second in command in Egypt because everywhere he was at, whether he was in the palace, in Pharaoh's court, or in prison, he had a phenomenal ability to administrate and manage things. And it became consistent. Paul was a very educated man. He was a good writer and a communicator. And he shared the gospel with philosophers in Antioch. He wrote a lot of the New Testament. And a lot of our New Testament theology and doctrine comes from Paul. It's consistent with who he was. I've seen way too many people step out on a limb to do something they think God wants them to do that's totally outside who they are because they think that's what real faith looks like. And you, and you know what happens a lot of times to those people? They get burned and then they don't serve again. They quit. 
And then and they get confused. They say, I don't even know if I can hear God's voice. And they think God is someone who more than anything wants to test their faith by putting them in embarrassing scenarios. And that's not God. God does not want to tear you down. He wants to build you up. He made you with wonderful, incredible strengths and gifts, and he wants to grow you up inside them and to see you fulfill your potential, and he'll be the first one clapping you on, going, yes, I made that son, I made that daughter, you go. God's not the one that's going to go, if you really love me, go out there and make a fool of yourself. That's not God. That's not God's voice. People who step outside who they are usually regret it and it usually causes them to take steps backward in their faith so does the bible agree with it does godly counsel agree with it does it agree with who god made you to be here's the last filter okay you don't want to use one of these you want to use all of these does the bible agree does godly counsel agree is it does it agree with who god made you to be number four does it lead you toward jesus so here's the thing does it lead you toward jesus John 5.39 says, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. What Jesus is saying is eternal life is not in the scriptures. Then where is eternal life? These are the very scriptures that testify about me. So if you read that uh, uh, further on, Jesus is saying, the, the scripture points to me, the scripture leads you to me, but you won't even come to me, I'm standing right in front of you. Your, 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 your theological, your religious, legalistic framework of the scripture has now become a barrier to you coming to Jesus. If Satan can misuse scripture, so can religion. But, but the primary purpose, get this, of God's voice is to lead you to him. Whether it is a written voice or it's a whisper in your heart, if it is leading you to be like Jesus or to do something Jesus would do, then it's God's voice. So, so ask yourself the question, on this whisper you hear, this leading, this direction, this impression, can I picture Jesus doing this? And if I can't picture Jesus doing this, that's, I ought to filter that dirt out. Can I picture Jesus saying this? Then if Jesus wouldn't say it, I, it can't be him leading me to say it, because he wouldn't say it. Does it require me to get closer to Jesus and to give him more of my attention? Is this going to produce the fruit of the Spirit in my life? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. And if it's not, that's a discernment filter. So, so somebody says, hey, I have this job opportunity. Uh, here's the only thing. I'm going to have to work 90 hours a week. I'll have to quit my life group. I won't be able to come to church anymore, and I don't have time to do my devotions, but I think Jesus is telling me to do it. What do you think? No, because Jesus is never going to lead you to do something that will lead you away from him. His voice only leads you toward him, not away from him. That's you wanting to do it, thinking about the opportunity and whatever else it is, and that's not him. And I have watched people get involved in jobs they shouldn't be involved in, and involved in relationships they shouldn't be involved in, and involved in sports and activities and 
other cultural uh, trappings and entertainment and things that, oh, they're so passionate about and they're so caught up in it. And I think that's what God wants me to do. God wants me to be this and And they sell their soul out to it and claim all the way this is what God wants. And a year from now, they, they got no idea what God wants. They done left God's voice. Because they never followed his voice from the beginning. They followed their own voice. But convinced themselves it was his because it's what they wanted to do. Now, there are a lot of voices talking to you. <laughs> More than ever. There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of chaos. There are a lot of, there's a lot of dirt and a lot of rocks to pan out. But when you get down to those little flakes of gold. Now you have something. It is worth every minute of the journey. So here's what I want to say to you this morning. Let's believe in God's ability to speak more than we believe in Satan's ability to deceive. Let's believe that God has given us ears to hear what the Holy Spirit says and the grace to follow what he says. Because he has. And let's believe that God has given us the wisdom to confirm when we know what he's saying. What, what I love about God's voice is this. When God whispers to you, he invites you to a holistic Christian life. Now watch, watch. Watch this move. If, you, if you're going to really hear God's whisper, it's going to require something of you. What, what will it require of you? Well, you'll have to engage the Bible. Watch, you have to get to know God. You'll have to build godly relationships. That's where godly counsel will come from. You'll have to find God's gifts and his purpose for your life. And you'll have to move, move toward Jesus. Isn't that something? Man, man, man. Look what God has done. God's whisper is an invitation to come and embrace the abundant life that Jesus died to give you. But it must be fully engaged in. You say, I man, I'm having trouble hearing God's voice. The way that you hear God's voice is that you engage God fully. God, I want to hear your voice through the word. So I'm going to have to read. I'm going to have to get on some kind of reading plan. And just, it's not a race. But I'm just going to have to make a habit of reading the Bible and hearing your voice there. I'm going to have to allow, I'm going to have to build relationships with godly people and allow you to speak through them to me. And I'm going to have to hear some things. I'm going to have to hear your voice through people that I trust. Godly people that I trust. I'm going to have to find what your purpose and gift in my life is and begin to, begin to serve with it so I can know when something's outside of who you made me to be and it's not. If you got no idea who you are, you can't even use that filter. And, and then I'm going to have to begin to move toward Jesus. Because every voice that I hear from God is going to constantly be calling me to come a little closer and become a little more like him, to sit at his feet, to get to know him a little better, to know his ways, to know his heart, to talk like he talks, to act like he acts, to think like he thinks. 
to, to become fully immersed in him. Why does, God, why does God whisper to you? Because his whisper forces you to live a holistic Christian life. If he's yelling at you, you might just think, I can just jump over here in this one part, and man, me and God, we got it. But if he's whispering at you, he's calling you. Come on, a little closer, a little closer, a little more over here, a little more over here. Hey, don't, don't forget the Bible. Wait a minute, have you ran that by you know, anybody else? Is, is, that, is that really who I made you to be? Or are you just trying to be somebody else that you really admire? Or are you trying to be who I made you to be? See? That's how God wants to work in your life. So would you stand with me this morning? And I want to ask our prayer team if you'd come. Man, I, my prayer has been through this whole series is that, is that you and I would learn to hear God's voice. Because... I am convinced that he's talking to you. He's talking to you. Next week, we're going to end this series. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the ways that God talks, the way he communicates. And, and we're going to talk about the priority of our relationship with him inside his voice. So, I, man, I hope you'll be here for the last, the last message in the series. But would you just close your eyes this morning and open your heart? Just be still for a minute. We read last week in Psalms, the Bible says, be still and know that I'm God. This is the most important moment of the day. Because this is the moment where I just want to ask you, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? You don't have to make anything up. You don't have to pretend. You don't have to imagine. You just have to give God some space. So this morning, uh, if you're saying, I believe that God is guiding me, but I'm not totally sure. And I, I, I get the feeling that some of you have a gentle, a small, a little impression, and you just don't really know what to do with it, this morning as we pray, I want you to come to prayer, and I just want you to ask the prayer team member, would you pray that God would help me to hear better? Would you pray that God would give me clarity? Would you pray that I would, I would understand God's voice? Would you pray that he, he would maybe make it a little clearer to me? And then maybe there are those of you who've been waiting on an answer from God about something. And if you're honest, you're a little disappointed. But you say, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I, I, have, I don't know any more than I did when I started. And I just want you to know today, God's word to you is, is he loves you. And he, he is talking to you. He might not be talking to you about what you're asking about. But he is talking to you. And what he might be saying to you is, is I love you and I want to reveal myself to you. But the question is, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? And as you recognize that impression inside, what I, what I want you to do is I want you to just 
come and find one of the prayer team members and let them pray for you. This is a, a safe place to pray. This is a place where we meet God. This is a place where we come and say, Lord, speak to me. If you have a need, if you have a prayer request, if you have something you need prayer for, this might be a first step for some of you to reach out to godly counsel and say, hey, I recognize one of those prayer team members and I, and, and I respect them and I, what I'm going to do is take this opportunity and go to them and say, would you pray with me about this? And it just might be your first step in that direction. Holy Spirit, I pray today that you would draw every person who needs prayer, that you draw every person that you're speaking to. As I begin to pray, I want you to, I want you to step out now and come and let one of the prayer team pray for you. Lord, thank you today for the grace of God. Thank you for the presence of God that overshadows this moment. We come today, Lord, to meet with you, and we come boldly, as you said, entering the throne of grace, bringing the issues of our heart, bringing the needs that we have, the financial, relational, physical, emotional, the needs of our health, needs of provision, need in our family. Lord, we come today bringing the needs that we have to you. If you have any, any need at all, I want you to come and pray as the worship team begins to lead you. Yeah. 